And we're rolling. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. Even as we are a nation of immigrants, we're also a nation of laws. Undocumented workers broke our immigration laws, and I believe that they must be held accountable, especially those who may be dangerous. When I took office, I committed to fixing this broken immigration system. And I began by doing what I could to secure our borders. But today, our immigration system is broken. And everybody knows it. There are actions I have the legal authority to take as president. Tonight, I'm announcing those actions. We'll build on our progress at the border with additional resources for our law enforcement personnel so that they can stem the flow of illegal crossings and speed the return of those who do cross over. If you're a criminal, you'll be deported. If you plan to enter the U.S. illegally, your chances of getting caught and sent back just went up. We expect people who live in this country to play by the rules. We expect that those who cut the line will not be unfairly rewarded. The actions I'm taking are not only lawful, they're the kinds of actions taken by every single Republican president and every single Democratic president for the past half century. And to those members of Congress who question my authority to make our immigration system work better, question my authority, question my authority, question my authority, question my authority, or question the wisdom of me acting where Congress has failed, I have one answer. Pass a bill. <laughs> so, there you have William Jefferson Clinton and Barack Hussein Obama both talking tough on illegal immigration. I start off my podcast about the Trump legacy with that because... <clears throat> Uh, from the first or second day he announced he was running for president, Donald Trump has been for enforcing the rule of law. He has been America first. He has been... Uh, pro-legal immigration and against illegal immigration. And the Democrats have flipped sides. I can go through 
countless videos for you and show you Nancy Pelosi saying the same things, Barbara Boxer, a whole slew of Democrats until Trump said it. This is Americana, the American way. I'm Big John. Uh, for the time being on sociable media, you can find me on Twitter at the real underscore Big John. Also, eventually, you'll be able to find me on Parlor at the real Big John, all one word. Uh, and of course, I'm on YouTube, Rumble, and six or seven podcast platforms, uh, including Anchor.fm or the Anchor app. Um, that's the app I use. Let me scratch my face. And I want to talk, I think, you know, a day or two before the uh, swearing-in of uh, President Joe Biden and... Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris is the appropriate time to talk about Donald Trump's legacy. What is it? What will it be in the future? They say history is written by the victors. And right now we live in a country that's rather divided. Uh, the media... has told you that we are a racist country, that Donald Trump is a racist president, and it stems from his statement that there are murderers and rapists and drugs coming across our southern border. No one can argue with the fact that there are illegal crossings at the southern border. Uh, nobody can argue with the fact that that's where a lot of drugs in the United States come from. But when the media talked about the southern border... They said that Trump just called all Mexicans rapists and murderers and evidently, <laughs> allegedly 80 million people bought that. <laughs> but let's talk about Donald Trump. Donald Trump, in my opinion, has been the most... the most American president since Ronald Reagan. Nobody loved that flag. Nobody loved this country more than Donald Trump since Reagan. Nobody wanted to inspire hope in the American working class the American employees than Donald Trump. And I come from an area that 
as I've mentioned before, has been in an economic and spiritual depression for 50 years. Uh, since Black Monday, when the first of many steel mills in the Mahoning Valley, Ohio Valley, Pittsburgh, uh, and then it, it rippled across America. Black Monday uh, was the day that U.S. Steel, that's the name of the company, laid off 5,000 workers, employees, in Youngstown, Ohio. The, the, the damned of it is the Friday before that, 48 hours before that, or however many hours that is, U.S. Steel reported record profits and the CEOs and presidents and owners and whatever had a big press conference to announce the company had record profits and then they closed. And a big section of America closed with it. It goes beyond steel mills or coal miners or whatever. When you take out that big manufacturing sector, as big as that was, it closes all the other businesses around it, thus leading to economic depression and leading to spiritual depression and then the alcoholism, the domestic violence, the divorces, uh, the child abuse, the welfare system gets bigger, hope gets smaller. And Donald Trump stormed in and barnstormed America with this promise of manufacturing jobs, new trade deals that would be fair and even favorable to America. And that's why people voted for him. People on the other side said, well, being so pro-American makes you racist. It makes you xenophobic. No, it makes you the president of the United States. And... For years and years, presidents were more of a figurehead than anything. And they should be. But Trump was a businessman, an international businessman. He had experience with world leaders. And he knew how to work with them and he knew how to negotiate. And he, he negotiated for America. He didn't negotiate from this new fangled idea that I'm a citizen of the world. Uh, I'm not just an American. I'm a citizen of the world, which is now Bill Clinton's battle cry. At what, 
what, what, how old is Bill Clinton? Like 972 years old? It looks like the, the daggone uh, Palpatine, the Emperor from Star Wars, for crying out loud. It, his face is so aged. Um, but here's Donald Trump at 74 years old, fighting for America, uh, doing a silly-ass little dance on stage at his rallies, um, but talking about love of America. The man loved America, loves present tense America. His Mount Rushmore speech was an ode to American history. It was a, an, an epic speech, one of the great speeches I've ever heard by a president or any leader. And he did it to inspire hope. And the media reported it to you as it was a racist, xenophobic speech filled with hatred and love for horrible people that, you know, were slave owners. And, well, one of the people on Mount Rushmore freed the slaves. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was no slave owner or racist person uh, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves not to get I don't want you to get confused and think I just said Teddy Roosevelt freed the slaves uh, I think it would be obvious but I have to clarify because there are liberals that listen to this um, he loved our military uh, our military I wouldn't say would I, I've never in my life known our military to not be top-notch. Now, during the Bubba Clinton days, uh, there were problems, there were cuts, uh, there, there were people that said we have a food stamp army uh, some people in the military did qualify for food stamps. Um, people told me that, you know, it was the late 90s, and there were a series of uh, our top-notch fighter planes crashing, and they, the official story was what well, was pilot error or malfunction and pilot error. When people in the military told me no what they're doing is because they've had cuts to their budget they're refurbishing parts when they should be replaced with new parts and this is why equipment malfunctioned and crashed and uh, exploded when it shouldn't have uh, killing our soldiers during training missions in peacetime well sort of peacetime um Donald Trump sought world peace, however. This is why people inside the Beltway, inside Washington, uh, in the, quote, shadow government or military-industrial complex, uh, the people that make their living off of war, did not like Donald Trump. It didn't matter if it was the CIA or the FBI, um, the NSA, 
these are people that have worked their lives to be part of the intelligence community and when they see oh man there aren't going to be any new wars we may be out of a job they dislike the man but what he did in the Korean Peninsula being the first president to ever cross the demilitarized zone from South Korea into North Korea was huge it was monumental and the media downplayed it said that his treaties between North and South Korea were meaningless that he was in bed with Kim Jong-un and that he was you know seeking peace with a, a terror terrorist uh, lead not really terrorist but an evil dictator there that's the word I was looking for but why wouldn't you seek peace wouldn't peace be better for the United States of course and for the Korean North Korean people also wouldn't negotiating and taking perhaps business opportunities economic opportunity to North Korea be good for the Korean people there may there should never be a united Korea for political purposes uh, because the dictatorship of the North is so strong but to possibly get those dictators to loosen the reins on their own people through peace is the proper way and yes they teach hatred of Americans in their schools but by going and showing them peace and softening up their leaders can someday change that just like we did with Russia he brokered peace deals through his Jewish son-in-law between Israel and multiple Arab countries which is unheard of they did it in a different way instead of like every other idiot president that just said oh stop um stop he said you know we're going to defend Israel with the greatest military in the world so why are you trying to pick fights but he also said look it can be lucrative and all governments seek economic opportunity every country in the world their leaders want economic opportunity for themselves and for their people so he brought a business <clears throat> sense of negotiating peace and it worked he had a, a traveling peace committee unofficial but nonetheless he had a peace committee what president has ever had a team that went out and sought peace in the world none that I can remember Rem remind yourselves in history <coughs> 
the Department of Defense, since its inception, was called the War Department. What we now call Secretary of Defense used to be called the Secretary of War. Now, Trump didn't change that. Political correctness and pomp and circumstance of Washington bullshit changed that. But Trump was the first president to actively pursue peace in the world instead of constantly sending our military out to police the world, police the world, and he sought peaceful negotiations. I've started this off with race, talking about race. He's constantly been called a racist. Well, it's mind-boggling that the people that call him racist have all been seen posing in pictures with him. Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, everyone except Calypso, Louis, Louis Farrakhan, who's just a nut. They all were friends with Trump. Kathy Griffin, the, the wacky, nutty, I don't mean wacky in a bad way, by the way, comedian that held up a severed head of Donald Trump and should never have an acting or comedic job again, but she will, was his friend, and there are pictures of them. Oprah Winfrey had him on her last week of talk shows when she had her five most influential people. And you say, well, being influential isn't always a good thing. Well, Oprah thought it was, thought well enough of him to have him on her show multiple times. But why does a racist person create opportunity zones in low-income, predominantly minority communities? He doesn't. Why does he have black friends if he's a racist? If you're a racist, you don't have black friends. That's not funny, but it's funny that the media portrayed it that way and people bought into it. Why would he create opportunity scholarships so that people in, again, poor, minority, predominant schools go to better charter schools? Why, he, a racist wouldn't do that. Why would he start the First Step Act where people can get a second chance if they've been a good prisoner, if they committed a minor offense, they can get rehabilitated and let out of prison? Why did he pardon so many people that uh, Bill Clinton and... Uh, your new president, Joe Biden's crime bill, put away for a long, long time. And, and every African-American leader, every 
rapper. I used to listen to a lot of rap music. Uh, people like Ice-T, Ice Cube, they all talk about our prisons being overcrowded with black males. Uh, I remember there was, uh, it was actually Ice-T's heavy metal band. I was listening to Body Count and before one of the songs, for some reason in rap music, they used to talk a lot on their CDs, just talking. Of course, they don't have CDs now, but anyways, it, it, Ice-T announces there are more black men in prison than in college, and then it cuts to the song. Uh, why would Trump, if he's racist, want to get black men out of prison and into college? Well, he gave historically black colleges and universities more money than the first black president. Now, Barack Obama went to an Ivy League college, not an HBCU. He didn't give them as much money as Trump did, and Trump guaranteed it for 10 years. We'll see what happens to that guarantee now that Biden and Harris are in there and see what happens. But he was the first president to ever make a long-term commitment to giving more money to historically black colleges and universities. Before, they always had to walk into the Oval Office with the handout. Why would any president, including Barack Obama, want them to walk in that way? Because that means you have control of them. And there have been a lot of power-hungry presidents that want control. Donald Trump wasn't like that. He was an American-hungry president. Hungry to make America great for everybody. He always touted the lowest unemployment rate amongst blacks, women, Hispanics, Asians... All Americans benefited from his uh, loosening of economic restrictions and bureaucracy and red tape. The last part of the Trump media, or the Trump legacy, is the media. I feel like he exposed their lies, but so many people still buy into, well, I watch MSNBC and they said... Donald Trump's a racist, so he's got to be racist. What proof did they give you? Well, he said all Mexicans are rapists and murderers. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. You can't find one sound clip or video of Trump ever, ever saying that. You can find a lot of the headlines. You can find a lot of people in the media saying that he said that. So he exposed the media's lies and he didn't back down from them. He showed that the media has divided America. America is not divided on racial lines and gender lines. And, you know, there are 87 different genders now. And there are, you know, pronouns you have to ask people, well, what's your pronoun? What are your pronouns? Do you want it to be called he, she, it, them, they? 
all these things. That never happened before. But the media made that happen so that they could go ahead and say, well, Trump's you know, racist and sexist and xylophonic and xenophobic and homophobic because he didn't declare 87 different genders we did. That's what the media does to you people. And the last thing of the Trump legacy, which just cracks me up, I read this today. During Biden's inauguration ceremony, Trump will be Sorry, after we fired a cigar. During Biden's inauguration, Trump is hosting himself a going away party. He's throwing himself a goodbye party, which is the true Trump legacy. Just the thumbing of his nose at his enemies in the media, the new president, uh, all of these people, just thumbing his nose at them. And that's what Donald Trump's legacy is. Loving America. Disregarding his enemies, whether that be the media, Joe Biden, the other people that helped steal the election, whatever that is. <laughs> Come on, cooperate technology. Let's leave with the infamous Trump will never be president montage. I am officially running for president of the United States. Could he actually win? No freaking way! Which Republican <laughs> candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Donald Trump. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. Trump will not be president. Trump will never be elected president of the United States. You're not going to be president. A man right? who will never be president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. He will never be president. Donald Trump is not going to become president of the United States. She's at plus 19. Do you think the tapes made a difference? Of course! They made all the difference! This race is over. Hillary Clinton has raised more than double Donald Trump, vastly outspending him. The presidency at about 89% for Hillary Clinton. Uh, your analytical model has uh, never been wrong. Now projects Hillary Clinton to win presidential election. 100% chance. You still think she has 100% chance of winning the election? Mm. I do. And what would Donald Trump have to do to turn things around? Prayer and hope for a Festivus miracle. <laughs> this is CNN's coverage of election night in America. The fight for the presidency. Because we don't care. Oh, okay, have Kentucky. Who cares? Okay. The last minute or so of this is Chenk Unger from, or Ugger, whatever. Chenk from the Young Turks having a meltdown. And it's freaking awesome. 
Kentucky. Don't no, care we about love you in Kentucky. Indiana. Don't care. Indiana. With, it's West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming with its vote. North Dakota and South Dakota, Texas. Uh, up and down the middle of the country. All red. Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, Missouri. Yes, it was at 80% an hour ago for Clinton. What is it now? 68%. Okay, uh, God damn it, I'm nervous. Ohio. Oh, 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 hold, hold. Ohio, gone. Idaho. Okay, yeah, I don't see a fucking landslide here. I don't see it at all. North Carolina. God damn it, if we need Florida, are you shitting me? Florida. It is fucking panic time. New Georgia. Donald Trump, now the favorite to win the presidency. Iowa. <clears throat> New York Times now has it at... 95% chance. Utah. Can still win, but in order to do so, she has to win Wisconsin. Wisconsin. God damn. Fuck Arizona. Alaska. Pennsylvania. Michigan. All of what the a night. It How did this. <laughs> I want to leave you with the best quote from election night 2016. And that was. Megyn Kelly, while she was still on Fox News, she said, this is the biggest middle finger F.U. in American political history. And she was right. Donald Trump was our middle finger F.U. to the Washington establishment that forgot where they came from. This has been Americana the American Way. I've been Big John. Follow me on Twitter uh, at the real underscore Big John. When Parlor comes back up, it's the real Big John, all one word. And on Rumble, YouTube, and all your fun podcast platforms, this is Americana the American Way. Thank you. God bless you, and pray for each other always. What's this on that again? I am officially running for President of the United States. Could he actually win? No freaking way! We're rolling again. I am officially running for President of the United States. Could he actually win? No freaking way! Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Donald Trump. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. Trump will not be president. Trump will never be elected president of the United States. You're not going to be president. A man who will never be president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. will never be president. Donald Trump is not going to become president of the United States. She's at plus 19. Do you think the tapes made a difference? Of course! They made all the difference! This race is over. Hillary Clinton has raised more than double Donald Trump, vastly outspending him. The presidency at about 89% for Hillary Clinton. Uh, Your analytical model has uh, never been wrong. Now projects Hillary Clinton to win presidential election. 100% chance. You still think she has 100% chance of winning the election? Mm. I do. And what would Donald Trump have to do to turn things around? Prayer and hope for a festivist miracle. (laughs) This is CNN's coverage of election night in America.
always funny when they invoke a Festivus miracle. And uh, Trump got one. <laughs> Fight for the presidency. Because we don't care. Oh, okay, have Kentucky. Who cares? Kentucky, don't no, care about in Indiana. Don't care. Indiana, with, huh? it's West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming with its vote, North Dakota, and South Dakota, Texas, uh, up and down the middle of the country, all red. Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, Missouri. Yes, it was at 80% an hour ago for Clinton. What is it now? 68%. Okay, uh, God damn it, I'm nervous. Ohio. Oh, 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 hold, hold. Ohio, gone. Idaho. Okay, yeah, I don't see a fucking landslide here. I don't see it at all. North Carolina. God damn it, if we need Florida, are you shitting me? Florida. It is fucking panic time. New Georgia. Donald Trump, now the favorite to win the presidency. Iowa. <clears throat> New York Times now has it at... 95% chance. Utah. Can still win, but in order to do so, she has to win Wisconsin. Wisconsin. God damn. Fuck Arizona. Alaska. Pennsylvania. Michigan. Michigan. What a night. It How did this happen? How did this happen? All right, so we're back here um, on Americana, the American way. Uh, this is Big John. Twitter at the real underscore Big John, Parlor at the real Big John, all one word, uh, Rumble and YouTube, Americana, the American way. So we just listened to the uh, Donald Trump is never going to be president montage. There are many versions of that on tw on YouTube. Uh, luckily, I got the first one that came up was the one I wanted. The last person, not the last person, but one of the last people you hear on there is Chenk Unger from, uh, or Chenk Uger from the Young Turks having a conniption on election night as the tide turned from Trump to, or, or from Clinton to Biden. Or from, shit, <laughs> like I'm pulling a Joe Biden. As the tide turned from Hillary Clinton to Donald Trump course that was a little over four years ago uh we're moving on now to uh the joe biden presidency and um many many rumors going around about the multiple thousands of troops in dc uh, we don't need that it, they're just there in case something goes wrong uh, which I don't think it will at uh, Biden's inauguration. There's no reason for a Republican or a conservative to be there in Washington, D.C. Um, <clears throat> I'm not obviously there. I'm sitting in my house in Ohio. Uh, don't plan on leaving anytime soon. I mean, I plan on going to work, but uh, not going to Washington. Uh there, there's a thing going around, a, a meme on the internet, uh, that an Antifa instigator who's been arrested and at, at many of the riots over, he was at many of the riots over the summer, he was arrested at the storming of the Capitol. People were up in arms that he's been uh, released without bail. 
they probably need him out there to instigate and cause problems and blame it on Republicans and Trump supporters. And uh, supposedly even the Senate senators are wrestling with how to move on from Trump. Um, the Hill is reporting GOP senators wrestle with purging Trump from party. Stupid. This is where your mainstream Republicans don't get it. I've said it a thousand and ten times. When I was the religious right from 98 to 2008, the Republicans rode our coattails to get George Bush into office. In 2010, they rode our coattails to take the Senate and the House from the Democrats. Back then, we were the Tea Party. Now they call us the tea leaves, the tea baggers, uh, the other tea partiers. That one was around for a long time. Now we're Trumpers or Trumpisms. Trumpism. Whatever you want to call us. The base, the grassroots of the Republican Party are what carry the party into office. And we will be what takes back the House of Representatives in 2022 and gives the Senate full control back to the Republicans in 2022. Although you're stuck with your two Democrats in Georgia for six years, but we'll get rid of them also. The article reads, Republican senators are wrestling over what they want their party's future relationship with Donald Trump to be after he leaves office on Wednesday. Well, it better be a good relationship, dummies. Faced with a deeply divided Senate Republican conference, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is giving his colleagues free reign to vote their conscience when the Senate tries Trump on charges that he incited an insurrection. Now, I've given in. You can call what happened in Washington a riot. It was. There were a lot of people there from all factions. And they they rioted. They broke the law and they got to be punished. But to say Donald Trump incited it, eh, uh, you got to hold people accountable for their own stupidity, but moving on. McConnell is telling colleagues that he himself hasn't decided whether to vote to convict Trump on a House-passed article of impeachment, and associates described the GOP leader as furious over that attack on the Capitol by a pro-Trump mob. I already said there were people with Antifa that were arrested in that crowd too, but the media don't report it. New York Times reported that McConnell has told associates that he sees the impeachment effort 
as a way for the Republican Party to break with Trump, although the GOP leader later discounted what he called speculation by the press. If the GOP breaks with Trump, I think going forward, Trump is going to campaign with Republican House candidates and senators that he likes, that he wants to work with uh, after 2024. Um, Right now, he's basically declared he's going to run again. Now, this stuff with impeachment doesn't disqualify him for running for president. And I don't even know that constitutionally the, the Senate passing a second resolution saying that he can never run for public office will do it either. It just depends on how much Trump wants to fight for the next four years. Um, Again, with every year, obviously he gets a little bit older. If he ran in 2024, he'd be 74 years old, or 78 years old, excuse me. I think, you know, he needs to turn the reins over to Mike Pence, uh, but I do see, you know, some dream tickets out there, you know, with people like Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, uh, Christy Nome from South, Governor of South Dakota, um, <clears throat> Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz are always in the presidential mix now. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, hope out there for the Republicans in the future. Uh, I think... Donald Trump needs to unite the party and be the leader of the conservative wing because you have people that are moderate that will always turn out and vote Republican. But to get the real base out there, you have to give them motivation. George W. gave them that motivation because He was more conservative than anybody. He wore his Christian faith on his sleeve. And then, in order to get him reelected, Republicans had to turn out the evil, nasty, mean old religious right in 2004. They did that by putting defense of marriage bills on the ballot in key states like Ohio to make sure that the religious right that back then and now the establishment moderate Republicans see us as a necessary evil to win elections. Uh, I do not consider myself evil and don't like being thought of as evil uh, to my party or to anybody for that matter. And I won't back down on my Christian faith one ways or another. Just telling you the fact, we on the conservative side of the party constantly get called names by people from outside and inside our own party to, uh, because we're the ones they, but we are the ones they rely on to win elections. Proof that Trump is still popular Uh, Facebook took his page offline for a while 
they put it back up, but he can't post to it. Uh, there hasn't been a post since January 6th. And I believe the last post was everybody behave yourselves, stop rioting. Uh, but it's back on Facebook. And his page got, after January 6th, it got 200,000 likes. So you tell me that people don't want to follow Donald Trump as a leader? Why did 200,000 people like his Facebook page? He was lifetime banned from Twitter. So people said, well, the only place to see and find him is going to be on Facebook. He was on like a 12-hour or 24-hour ban, and he still isn't posting on Facebook. Honestly, I want to watch his uh, going-away party that he's throwing for himself, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to do that. His personal YouTube page has been taken down also. Um, but I want to see this going-away party he's having for himself. Anyway, but he's back on Facebook. He got another 200,000 likes after he was banned from Twitter. Um, so obviously people want to see what he's saying. And some are just gawkers, just want to see what, what craziness he's going to say. But a lot of them are probably fans that want to uh, see him as their leader and follow his lead. Uh, so... It, it's interesting times, we need to say the least. Isn't it the most to say the least? That's from Greece. The movie Greece. Ever see it? Greece is the word. So, uh, Business Insider reports isolated and facing impeachment trial. Trump is dedicating. His last days to spoiling Biden's inauguration. This is hilarious. <clears throat> President Donald Trump seems to be determined to be the center of attention in his final few days in office. Since the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, Trump lost many allies and faces an unprecedented second impeachment trial. They're putting him on trial for the riot at the Capitol, saying he incited it during his speech uh, on January 6th in D.C. The problem with that is the riot had already started before he gave that speech and before his real followers marched down to the Capitol. And some people that were there told me that they just left after his speech, that that's all they came to see. Uh, and, uh, you know, the people that were there rioting were from all factions of political spec the political spectrum. So, anyhow, uh, the Newsweek wants to blame Trump. The Democrats want to blame Trump. Their the speeches the Democrats gave on the House floor were so inaccurate and filled with such lies. But they had the votes to get the impeachment through the through the House. Pardon me. And they'll have the votes to convict him in the Senate, too. You know Mitten's Romney's going to vote against Trump. You know McConnell will vote against Trump. Uh, and if need be, Kamala Harris, I think, can vote to uh, convict. So, But she won't be needed. Mitten's will swing that. Um, so 
But until Wednesday, at, back to the article, until Wednesday at noon, Trump remains the vast, retains, pardon me, the vast powers of his office and seems to, seems intent on using them. The logistics of his final hours in office, which have emerged in leaks, seem to tailor, seem tailor-made to complete, compete Sorry, Taylor made to compete with President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration. Trump is also planning a last-minute spree of pardons. Please be Snowden and Assange, which he can issue unilaterally and would spawn another chaotic news cycle. Back in 2000, George W. Bush invited President-elect Barack Obama to meet all three of their living predecessors for lunch at the White House. Former Presidents Carter, H.W. Bush, and Bill Clinton put political differences aside for a unique photo op. And that is a very awesome historic photo. I wish I had like an original copy of it or some kind of copy of it that was real and I could hang up. But anyways. <clears throat> Twelve years on it is a different story president donald trump has refused to acknowledge president-elect biden's win stirring conspiracy theories about vast a vast plot to deprive him of a second term well there's no conspiracy that the election was stolen i think you know ray charles can see that and stevie doesn't have to wonder it's pretty obvious He's facing a second impeachment trial. Here we go with the lies again. Hold on, I'm relighting my stogie. He's facing a second impeachment trial. Let me get some of the ash off here so the cigar can breathe. Second impeachment trial. After encouraging rally attendees who went on to trash the Capitol, not really because the riot was already going on. I mean, some of them joined in. Some of them just went and stood on the steps outside the Capitol. And that includes the people that climbed the walls. You see all these people, probably five or ten, climbing up the side of the Capitol building. And a lot of them just were trying to join their friends that were already up on uh, the, the walkway that surrounds the Capitol. They just w went up there and they stood with their friends. They didn't do anything after that. But the media tells a different story. They edit the footage. You know the drill. Uh, you know, riot former, form, formerly steadfast allies such as Mitch McConnell, he was never a steadfast ally of the president. 
he used the president to win some Senate elections, and that's it. Uh, uh, and business leaders are abandoning him. That, yeah, that's kind of true. Uh, the My Pillow guy has not abandoned him. In fact, the My Pillow guy is in on the conspiracy to do something. I don't know. <laughs> and according to reports, Trump's final days in office are tailor made to keep. They already said that. Outlets, including CNN and the Washington Post, on Sunday reported Trump was planning to issue 100 presidential pardons. Snowden, Assange, please. Observers have long speculated whether Trump would preemptive, issue preemptive pardons for his, himself or his adult children. His children have never done anything remotely wrong. He ought to pardon Joe Biden's son. Well, he shouldn't, but Joe Biden's son's the one that needs a pardon, not any of the Trump kids. Although the Democrats and everyone will try to destroy their lives to keep them from running for office and just out of vindictive spitefulness. Um, Trump said he will not attend Biden's inauguration. I have mixed feelings about that. I don't like it. I think you should respect the office of the presidency. However, if you know that your presence there is going to cause a problem or that you feel that you were robbed of an election, I mean, I guess it's probably good for him not to be there. Um, the article goes on to say uh, Biden's inauguration, which is set to be held under unprecedented security at the Capitol or at following the Capitol riot. Instead, Trump plans to fly to his Mar-Largo resort in Florida, where he is expected to land just ahead of Biden's inauguration ceremony, a photo op likely to drag attention away from Biden in real time. Trump was previously thought to be planning an even more audacious election day spectacle, having touted the idea of spending January 20th announcing his 2024 candidacy for a rally of supporters. The plan appears to have faded from view, however, given his political struggles. If he is convicted in the coming Senate impeachment trial, Congress could move to bar him from all political office disqualifying him from running again. Out of office, Trump will have a far smaller megaphone with his Twitter account still out of his hands and bans on other platforms. Uh, he's on, well, he was on Parler. When Parler gets back up, he'll probably go full force on that. Uh, the dynamic has put an ever starker limit on Trump's ability to dominate the news cycle, but he seems determined to use the powers left to him while he can. So, yeah, Trump's going out with a bang. I'm interested to see who his 100 pardons are, and I don't even know if there is such a thing as a preemptive pardon. We'll see. Um, 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of trouble at the Capitol during Biden's inauguration. There was during Trump's, and it didn't get reported very much in the media. Uh, you know, Antifa and their people were there vandalizing uh, cars and spray painting th things, vandalizing businesses. But, you know, it's Trump's fault that people are idiots. I think you got to blame the idiot no matter what party or affiliation they have. So that's just me, though common sense but who needs that anymore um, so we'll see what happens um, I think there are better people to run in 2024 um, I've given my dream tickets with Pence Nikki Haley um, you know Christy Nome Tim Scott Ted Cruz Marco Rubio um, there will be a slew and it's it's going to start maybe in two years. I mean, Nikki Haley has basically already declared herself. Trump has declared himself. We'll see if Congress can pass that law that says he can never run for public office, if that's constitutional or not. Um, I don't think it's ever been done in history. So we'll see. Thank you guys again for listening and watching. This is Americana, the American way. I'm Big John. And pray for each other. Pray for President Biden, President-elect, soon to be President Biden. You know, we all need prayer. Pray for the betterment of our nation. And um, pray for each other. God bless you. Thanks for listening. I'm Audi, like 5G. Too much rap music in my past, I tell you. I'm going back to watching wrestling. See you guys later.